I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And this is Radio vs. the Martians. sort of weird for me to say that one of my favorite movies over the last six months was the Jackass <laughs> reboot that they just put out, Jackass Forever. But right. god mm-hmm. damn, that movie has more hugging in it than I ever would have imagined. See, and that, that's what I was wondering is, uh, who was the guy who was kicked out of this production because of substance abuse like, issues? Uh, Bam. Bam Margera. Bam. Yeah. Um, so I only have seen like jackass stuff from the MTV days and what I'd base a very little of what I've known about is that part of it was like that bam had like this father that he would like abuse like he would yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and punch him and that would be part of the entertainment for this yeah. so I would have never expected a movie like that because it feels like this guy carries with him bam at least carried with him like a kind of mean spiritedness that sounds totally different than what you're describing yeah that was the one part of the show um and the movies that I saw where it felt like the mayhem was non-consensual. Mm-hmm. The I think in one of the movies they set fireworks off in his dad's bedroom when he's asleep. Yeah, and it's like now you're just being mean, and that the show is never about being mean. At least it's funny because those are the things that again we you know our friend our common friend Joe here uh, talking about Frank Miller that you remember the problematic stuff and you remember all of that, but that was the stuff that I remembered, the BAM stuff, where I'm just like, oh, or maybe some of the stomach-churning stuff. But the stomach-churning stuff was always, these guys knew what they were a part of, they knew they were going to be called upon to do something gross or dangerous or scary or weird, and there was a kind of common joy they could all get from it. And I read an article about it because I was just, I just like, I can't believe how much I like this movie. I'm going to read what, what is the discourse on Jackass forever? (laughs) And it is like the one thing in our culture for like a series of weeks that was universally positive that I didn't see anybody who hated it. All the hoity toity, you know, uh, pinkies up drinking tea publications were talking <laughs> about this movie were like, that was wonderful. That was mm. delightful. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is the excision of Bam Margera because he was not involved in this one that took the hard turn into wholesome. But I think that's always been there. There's always been this camaraderie that is very infectious that, Yes, I'm going to run naked into a thing with angry bees. Yes, I'm going to strip down to a bright uh, rainbow uh, trunks on a hang glider, and I'm going to jump into some cacti. (laughs) Yes, we're going to see what can happen to Aaron's balls, um, including I think they get like the MMA guy who is the world's strongest puncher, and they get this like fastest pitch, you know, fast pitch softball champion, and she throws a softball at his balls, (laughs) and then they pogo stick jump on his balls, and you just... 
and then you see welts on there's a lot of male nudity in this movie and you're sure. like and instead of shame there's just this elation joy and almost like we love you because you were brave and we know that you hurt and we're gonna hug you now because we care about you and oh my god you're poor balls <laughs> um, but there it's is there something infectious about it and, and one thing i kind of got from it too was it was incredibly body positive that mm-hmm. It's we're all we're all traveling through life as in a human body, and that is frequently gross and embarrassing, as I've said. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of finding those moments as something we need to hide and something we need to feel ashamed of and something that we need that to pounce on when we see that weakness in others, to instead, you know, feel through other people and go, Oh my god, this is both amazing and I'm gonna feel sympathy for you when you're getting your your you can a beard of a beard of bees growing off of your penis, or you're drinking a, a urine snow cone or something. Um, I'm just gonna like look at your bravery and your ability to withstand sort of pain and grossness, and uh, we're all gonna hug afterwards. It's funny because it seems like now there's such a huge shift because wasn't the like the cultural the pop culture sort of meme around Jackass was the sort of pearl clutching response about teenagers going out and trying to do the things that they saw on the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I guess I have to ask you, Mike, do you want me to punch you in the balls? No. <laughs> I mean, it, it, after my surgery, it's a smaller target now, <laughs> but it still hurts. Um, but, it's, but it's funny because that, that seems to have been completely eradicated. That The yeah. idea that people are going to be opposed to this because some 19-year-old is going to do a stunt on his skateboard and he's going to break his neck. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I I think we're clearly past that. I think yeah. it's a generational Especially thing. Especially the, the internet. Yeah, There's yeah. plenty of stupid shit on the internet, obviously. Oh, yeah. God, don't get me started on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the, um, I think the thing with Jackass 2 is that when something is new and scary, old people who write legislation see an opportunity to try to make their name off of it by getting mm-hmm. upset on television. Right. And yeah. we saw that with like, oh my God, obscene rap lyrics and and video games where you kill things. And we, we go through that. I mean, comic books in the 1950s. And I think that you have a single generation to be offended uh, because this is new and scary to you. You didn't have it when you were a kid. And there are plenty of old blue hairs out there that are going to get really upset. I mean, the old term of blue hair, not the new one. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about your Grammy, um, who's just constantly being terrified by, you know, television advertisements about the dark web um, <laughs> coming to get them. And they're you're going to, you know, get some cheap votes off of those people. And I think that Jackass had its time in the, you know, moral outrage crosshairs in the 90s. And now you probably have some people that are in Congress and the Senate who liked Jackass when they were a kid. Right. And they don't want right. to get upset about it because they're kind of like, come on, guys. Yeah. Really? I mean, people are going to do stupid stuff, like regardless if they see somebody doing it on TV or not. Like, you know, like it's just going to happen. I feel like but... we're also in a weird place where what I was thinking about this, it was it was on our show a long time ago where Patrick Johnson was talking about for some reason, we were talking about snuff or we were talking about mm. the experience of watching a character or watching gore or, or, or death of a character in a movie. And he mentioned that there is a subreddit, which I know exists. I've never visited, which it's watch people die. Oh. And Ooh. like never going it's, there. It's <laughs> obvious that because the Internet has everything from sublime to disgusting and mm-hmm. everything in between that, like, of course, there's 
a repository of of uh, people doing stupid things and ending their lives because they did something stupid or, and other things happening to them um, that if you wanted to, you could end up going and watching on the internet. So there's so many more opportunities for an impressionable disturbed child to get a terrible notion yeah. from. Yeah. And there's so much worse. And they're also, you're watching somebody's life end. And these right. videos come out every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh my God, this disturbing video, Al-Qaeda cut some guy's head off. And it's like, I'm not going to watch that. Oh yeah. I, no. I definitely don't want to watch that. I will watch a video on YouTube where somebody's trying to show you safety using a taser and they've covered themselves in all these puffy coats and they go, see, you just go and they zap themselves and they underestimated the <laughs> <laughs> the protective ability of all the stuff they put on because that's funny and um, they're fine they, yeah. they end up being fine <laughs> they they were clearly alive enough to put the video up but yeah. um i i gotta give them you know that you know and then i also think if somebody tried to get like if there's a u.s senator tried to get offended about jackass now and they would probably have hearings and they'd put footage of jackass up on the screen for them to glower and cross their arms to There'd be people in that in that group who'd be giggling watching yeah. the video, and they know that on some level. There's certain things you just. There was an attempted, a, you know, they were going to try to bring back video game panic, probably about two or three years ago. It went nowhere because yeah. there's, but probably a good ten percent of the people in the House and the Senate probably grew up playing video games, and it's really hard for them to get upset about that now. It's the same thing with. You know, any comic books past the 1960s with, with anybody in yeah, power. Can you imagine mm-hmm. Congress trying to hold a session about juvenile delinquency in comic books? <laughs> yeah. They'd but be like, mean, well, the yeah. most successful movies in the world are comic book movies. Yeah, yeah. big Marvel's coming for Actually, it would be Disney. Big Disney's <laughs> yeah. coming for you. You're not going yeah, to shut gonna, them down. <laughs> they're not going to talk shit about Disney. No. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just look at that. But I, we were thinking about, you know, videos on the internet. And what it really reminds me of is... In that same era of us, of the early to mid-90s, which was Faces of Death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, you guys remember Faces of Death? Mm. I've never seen a part of it, but I've read about it. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that it's a combination of things that are faked with a combination of things that might actually be people dying. Yeah. But it's a little of both, basically. So it was, a, it was the other thing behind the beaded curtain at the video store, aside from porn. Right. Um... I never rented it. I never wanted to rent it, but they had a certain reputation in middle school, and it was always the scary kid with the shuriken in his pocket <laughs> uh, who was telling you about stuff on Faces of Death, somebody who's probably on a watch list of some kind now. <laughs> Hopefully, he, he tried to stop the steal. And, <laughs> yeah. But I, I look at this and I just go, you know, all of the things that made that the weird kid are all now the sort of red flags that scream school shooter nowadays. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. But it was always the kid who, who says like, oh, he had a girlfriend in Canada and he would think that his martial arts prowess that he said he had or his juvenile criminal record were the things <laughs> that were going <laughs> to impress a stranger. And you're like, you really don't understand other people, right? You know, <laughs> that, like finding out that you're like violent and may have attacked someone in another school makes me less want to be your friend. But um, those are the kids that would bring faces for death. They would, I'd see the tape very rarely. They had to hide it because the teacher would definitely take that away. But it was like basically snuff films, even if they were fake. I don't know anything about them other than 
they would release these tapes. I guess they were found footage. Yeah. Um, it was of, someone who worked at a TV station. So I read a little, an article about it because they think, I don't remember, they've done a lot of them now, but I don't remember the original, the original producer is someone who worked at a TV station and uh, as just like, just like people who work at radio stations, people at TV stations would pass around and copy tapes back in the days before digital video, obviously. Um, and so he found that he would come into contact with sometimes when they someone would sell a TV station uh, accident, right? This mm-hmm. is like gory footage or something. And so his idea was, is like, oh, well, I can put together a, um, you know, I've got these, I've got like a footage of someone doing an autopsy that's a, like a real autopsy, and I can put this together and make like this shock video. But the thing is, is that he just didn't have enough money to, or didn't have, he had enough to fill out like an entire 60 minutes or however long it really needed to be. And so then it became about him trying to, uh, for some of them, and I don't know what percentage of them, basically have fake snuff films where set up, mm-hmm. get, have have pay people, have a crew and do something and have it be not real, but try to do it as realistic as possible. So it's this weird thing where it's like you are, you're doing it to because you have that real curiosity about seeing someone dying or dead, but you don't actually know if that's actually what you're seeing mm-hmm. for the whole yeah. thing. It, it's kind of weird to call him out on the lack of integrity in making snuff films. <laughs> but there's this part of it where I'm like, you're, you're already a fucking creep. So, I mean, in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, but those had that reputation where, you know, in an age before the internet, I had heard of Faces of Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Because it was entirely in those sort of hushed conversations, you know, like the, all the fake codes to Mortal Kombat that would make the characters naked, that <laughs> would spread like wildfire, and nobody knew if anything was real. Half the people you talked to were probably full of shit. But there was like this weird video market that existed in the 90s, and as you got closer to the center of the onion, it just got grosser and more potentially like, is there like a moral darkness there that just speaks to not giving a shit about other people dying and in pain so like well, a little bu- ways like up you know, bum like bum fights or something right mm-hmm. like bum fights uh, and, which, girls gone wild so the girl the girls gone wild thing is 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 interesting but it's not unique yeah. right mm-hmm. like having just skeezy guys trying to bilk young girls out of their skin basically so they can make profit off of a video it's like that's that was like that's that was the entire video industry up until a certain point, right? The entire reason for VHS or Betamax to exist. The bum fights thing, though, is a was a layer of cynicism and cruelty and sadism that up until that time I didn't know really existed. Of course, in the abstract, yes, there are people, evil people in the world, but this is it's a, it is a kind of evil that is is kind of unprecedented. At least I felt at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's an evil that that spreads outward and like dropping a stone in a lake sort of thing. But I mean, you have. The evil of actually taking a person who is desperate in their life and saying, hey, I want you to hurt yourself on camera for the amusement of somebody else. And I'm probably going to give you enough for maybe a meal or two while I'm going to be raking in tons of cash. I mean, if this isn't a metaphor for capitalism, I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, <it is>. just <laughs> like... <laughs> but then there's an ugliness that spreads out once the, the tape is actually made, which is there's the ugliness of the sort of person that would want to watch that and mm-hmm. would pay money to see that. So it's like there's there's this lack, I don't know, maybe a loss of faith in humanity is the way to put it, that you know, to find out that something like that could make money makes me sad. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's morally reprehensible. It kind of made me think a little bit about the, um, 
Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Um, because that's an the there is a strange thing about the element of the experience of watching Clockwork Orange that involves and I, I don't know, have you ever seen Clockwork Orange before? I'm um, a little nervous to watch it. I don't know. That one seems Within the first few minutes, you know, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, I guess the way to describe it is it's a, it's balletic violence, right? And there is a type of classical beauty being applied to false scenarios, but still realistic looking scenarios about young, angry, untethered boys committing violence on people essentially Mm -hmm. and very early on there's basically a thing where they're just roaming around and there's a uh, sort of an inebriate who's who's hunkering underneath like in a tunnel and they just they just go to go to town on him you know um i don't want to see that there's a there's a part of it that but the thing is is it's Mm -hmm. juxtaposed against like classical music Mm -hmm. so it makes it like the idea that there's a there's a beauty to it and that's probably that the trading on that thing of something being so disturbing but can't not not being able to take your eyes off of it is where these things are trading on right is that the that spectacle that like the sense of disgust but you can't look away one of the difference being is that one's a fictional mm-hmm. and the other is not <laughs> yeah. right but again the the fiction is enough for me i can yeah. watch mm-hmm. a zombie film because i know that a person wasn't really ripped in half and eaten um i don't want to see that really happen to somebody and also there's an artifice in film that you don't get uh sound effects for one people don't punch or fall down quite the way they do in real life so there's this element of seeing a real fight which feels new and strange because it doesn't match your media expectations of it, of what a fight looks like. You don't get a one punch knockout. People don't, you know, there's something again, talk about the body being kind of embarrassing when you're in a fight. It's frequently kind of embarrassing because it's not, you know, this quick Jedi choreography that you get to jump into. You're flopping around and every time you get hit, there's the opportunity for embarrassment. And that's why everyone like me hated dodgeball. You know? <laughs> um, because it was just like, hey, how can I look bad in front of my peers? But um, I think there is this kind of like, it's why, you know, all of us like horror movies is that there's this kind of desire to look at something that would be dangerous and harrowing and probably traumatizing in real life, but knowing that you're at a distance looking through glass at it, that there's a safety valve on that will stop this from going to a place where somebody's really getting hurt. And it's why we like roller coasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference between Jackass and this things is Jackass is ultimately consensual. Mm-hmm. Right. That these guys, right. even when they play pranks unexpectedly on each other, they are there for that purpose. And one of those purposes is to suddenly walk into a room and there's scorpions in there. Oh no. <laughs> um, but it's like, like there is a, there's a extended prank um, in in Jackass uh, Forever, um, do you guys care about a little spoiler? I'll be, I'll be fine. I don't care. Yeah. So basically, they they tell everyone and bring them all down that they're going to have this stunt that involves Johnny Knoxville and a poisonous snake. Uh, when <laughs> oh, they a- when they ask the snake wrangler, is that thing venomous? And he just goes, eh. <laughs> um, so they think they're all there to watch uh, Johnny Knoxville and this snake. And suddenly they're all in the room together thinking something's going to happen when suddenly the lights all get shut off and they hear the tub the snake was in fall over. (laughs) And 
And the thing is, the snake is not really there. <laughs> but there oh my is, god, I love this. There is a recording that plays the rattle sound every so often. <laughs> and now all of these guys are trapped in this pitch dark room. But what they don't know is there's also traps set up like uh, pots and pans hanging on strings from the ceiling. <laughs> there are mouse traps along the edge of this wall. <laughs> there's all of these things that they're running into, but you're watching the scene with night vision goggles on, and these guys are terrified. One guy's just hiding in a corner under a, a thing, and he's got a stick in his hand. And every time he hears a snake, you see him jerk back and forth, going, like, where's that fucking snake? And they're just like, they're screaming and stuff like that. And then they're like, come on, man, you can come out. And he refuses to believe that stunt is over he's like fuck you man i live in here now Uh, (laughs) oh my gosh that's so funny (laughs) but again they signed up for it you didn't do this to a bunch of random people on the street Mm -hmm. and when i'm watching bum fights i'm watching somebody that is ultimately there under coercion Mm -hmm. and when i'm watching um the worst day of somebody's life or maybe even their death depicted on camera for my you know period viewing um, that person didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be a movie star on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is quite possibly, it just feels like, I don't know, like there's something very intimate in that and I'm intruding on that and they didn't want me to be there and they certainly didn't want, you know, creepy 14 year old boys to pass this tape around and giggle at it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the same thing, Girls Gone Wild. Again, the non-consensual thing. These people are inebriated. They mm-hmm. think they're having fun. You go, you know, what happens and in... And frequently underage. Mm-hmm. Frequently underage. Yes. And, you know, I, I've i never seen a Girls Gone Wild video, but they were advertised all over television mm-hmm. on cable in so the 90s. I, I have a, a brief little story about it, is that I have seen a Girls Gone Wild Ew. video, but the caveat is um, my now wife, Cameron, and I, we went... Uh, to a bar that we liked for New Year's Eve. And we ended up meeting a couple who were pretty cool, like people that we really liked. And so we like ended up going back to their house. This is, you got to make friends in LA. You got to drive places with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is close don't to you. are to... about to become a vampire. Movie. Yeah, exactly I know. I was like, right. don't go to a second location. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, we were young. You know, you're 22 years old. Um, <laughs> the And the we, we parted. It was fine. We were having fun. And then when we were a little bit more sauced, she was like, I've got an admission to make that I was in a Girls Gone Wild video and she had the tape there. And so she played the Girls Gone Wild video and then it was like pointed out this the scene that she's in. But the thing about the Girls Gone Wild video is that every flash, because it's just like a flash, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the it's it is like a hundred different clips of girls pulling their shirts up and then it switches to the next one. It's that's all it is. And it lasts Three seconds, and that's all it is. So the only time that I watched it is by someone who was in it, who was trying to brag about it. <laughs> did she get money? What, what no, happened? Did, did no. they give her a free copy of the tape? I don't know how she. I don't know how she got. It. She did not get paid for that. I, oh. I'm trying to figure out how they, she they, found out she was in that tape. I and know. I, I was like, I, it, they yeah. uh, they had to sign releases. Of okay. course, you do. Of course, you have to. It's sign just a like release. a you know because she's drunk. But there <laughs> had. But because they were underage kids the underage girls that were that's the reason they got sued eventually the guys mm-hmm. who made that got sued they must have fudged stuff because they're going around they to, like Mar- they're going around to mardi gras and mm-hmm. people are fucking wasted you know i mean that's the same the same kind of thing as cops is that right. mm-hmm. anybody right. who didn't feel like they were forced to everybody who wasn't drunk everybody who wasn't on drugs would never sign a release to be in this tape 
and they're absolutely going to regret it later. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how that's even vaguely legal. It's not like they're not going to make you walk the line and touch your nose before you sign the release. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all too late. Your tits are already on the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it and, is. That's a weird thing is that every time um, I think you passed around a clip about the the airline uh, reality TV show. And that's basically a reality TV show about people who be being dicks oh. to people who work at the airport. Oh, and it ew. really does make you wonder the people who sign it what are they thinking yeah. are they thinking like they're people are going to see that i was right so i'm going to sign a release so you know 5 million people can there, watch me be a dick there has to be people like that like there, i would say like 30% at least <laughs> i will say for a fact there are people like that because of course. those yeah. are the people that show up with their phone on going into a place uh, where they're supposed to wear a mask, but they oh, won't yeah. put a fucking mm-hmm. mask on, and yeah. they want to make a scene at Costco or Cheesecake Factory, or with the case of uh, Ricky Schroeder last week, the Eisenhower Museum, showing up and screaming at people who are telling you you can't come in unless you wear a mask, and then they're releasing that video themselves, so they do think they're in the right. They do think that when somebody sees that tape, but, but Mike- he's going to go, wow, Rick Schroeder was right, and I'm like... No. But Mike, Ricky's just defending our rights. Mm. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Ricky needs to be relevant again. <laughs> That's true. Yes, that too. He hasn't been relevant since his appearances in the mid to late 90s on NYPD Blue. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows that. And didn't he just apologize for doing one of these fucking videos at Costco? Oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like these poor people, these security guards didn't ask for this shit. They didn't ask to yell at a fucking D-list celebrity showing up and yelling at them while they're at work. And then later, they're definitely going to have to go and watch the tape of that with their fucking boss. And it's going to be like... You know, how secure is my job anyways? And if you have a job like that, you probably fucking hate your boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have, so I, I, I mentioned this on the Discord and this is this is the right uh, venue to talk about it is I just saw a movie that was played in the film festivals from Romania last year called Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. This is the name of the movie. Oh, my asshole is clenched already. Uh, it is, <laughs> it's it's a trip. Um it is a movie that is it's it's interesting it's one of the very few movies that is un, unashamedly just filmed a, during the pandemic so mm-hmm. the movie is ostensibly about a school teacher like a high school teacher who makes a sex tape with her husband so this isn't something mm-hmm. untoward that um he uploads to like a private adult site uh but of course these videos can just be re-downloaded and copied and put mm-hmm. all over the place. And her job comes in jeopardy because people in her class and people um, of her peers like recognize her beneath a beneath a mask and they're like, oh, that's the teacher. Oh, you're harming the reputation of our school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie that starts off with the sex tape that is the <laughs> the actress and another actor having intercourse. Like that's. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. It's a hundred percent just that. It's it's it does. It's not simulated. It's just intercourse. Um, and then the first third of the movie is about her getting the news that it's been that she's been. Um, there's been a PTA meeting basically called that the parents that are upset are gonna and she's got to go there. So it's her walking basically walking through Bucharest during the day, and it is this panorama of a city during. Uh, COVID time, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a p- panorama of like the kind of tackiness and f- like the, all the idiots that are parking on the sidewalk and like 
sometimes they're just picking up things. Sometimes there's clearly stage stuff. And sometimes they're just picking up people on the side of the street doing these long pans mm-hmm. and just showing what it's like for her to be moving through this city. The middle section is an A to, A to Z montage of where the director is trying to make commentary about the state of Romania and the state of the world and at the way we are right now. And then the last third is a sitcom. And the sitcom is she goes, it's basically her at the parent meeting. And it is a personification of the internet and culture in general of all of the different types of parents coming to this meeting to most of them want to oust her for embarrassing Mm -hmm. them and having this, even though it wasn't her fault. And there's nothing wrong with having sex with your spouse. And there certainly is nothing wrong with filming yourself having sex with your spouse. It just got away from them because people are idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that was this raises this entire question about like um, something you're doing being filmed on the internet. Mm-hmm. Something you do um, that may be totally private, totally innocent, but can have these legs, can have this other life that ends up happening. And this movie is, of course, done to the to the like to the nth degree where it becomes about the the parody like the all the parents represent like some kind of aspect of romanian culture that are very much like our own like there's a guy who's in the military who he's waxing nostalgic about being able to sing fascist uh uh fascist songs that they don't let them in school anymore and they're like people who thinks that she's a holocaust denier like it just goes straight to a like a comment thread like straight to a 4chan comment thread in about 20 minutes um, and ends with the, I can't, I'm not going to spoil it. Cause some of you, some of listening might actually watch it. It ends with a, um, a Scooby-Doo ending where <laughs> it gives three possible ways that the, you know, the vote could go. She stays in, she goes out. And then a third way. And the third way is the, oh, ty- it's like clue is, the, yeah, the, is clue. the credit sequence that I will not spoil, but it is the, for a movie that is full of like kind of thought provoking stuff, kind of shocking stuff. It is, the most disturbing, shocking thing I've ever seen a movie turn in the last three minutes of the movie. And oh. I'll tell I'll tell I'll tell Mike and I'll tell Mike and Kirby after we stop recording. <laughs> but you should you should watch it. Not for the faint of heart, though. You definitely do not want uh, anyone like your parents or perhaps your spouse walking in during the first four <laughs> minutes of this because you're basically you're just watching a porn porn video. Yeah. That's what it is. So bad luck banging or loony porn. That's my cautious recommendation for people with strong stomachs. (laughs) Radio vs. the Martians is hosted by Mike Gillis and Casey Doran. This podcast is recorded in beautiful Valverde in Seattle, Washington. Our chief engineer is Casey Doran and our editor is Mike Gillis. Our original theme music is written and performed by James Wetzel. Special thanks to Sam Mulvey, Rob Kelly, James Wetzel, Paul Rue, Tobias Panshin, Scott Kramer, Kyle Hepworth, and Todd Maxfield Matsumoto. Please take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please consider becoming one of our Patreon subscribers. Even just a dollar a month gives you access to exclusive episodes. And you can always find us online at RadioVersusTheMartians.com. Martians.com.